All right, good evening everybody. Welcome back. Thanks for being here. Turn in your Bibles to Colossians chapter 3. And we will begin reading in Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 17. Moving right along. Let's begin reading in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 12. We'll read through verse 17. Paul says this, Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Verse 14, And above all these things put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. The title of my message tonight is The New Garment of the Elect. You are the elect. You are a saint, a chosen one. And we should be putting on something new. We'll discover that tonight. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we look at the new garments of the elect, as we look at uh, Paul's instructions of putting on Christ daily, what should we put on? How do we put this on? With wisdom and skill, dealing with one another, unity in the body, lifting up Jesus. Lord, it's hard to walk through this dirty world without getting spotted. So help us to daily renew Remove, renew, and redawn the new man. Father, I ask your blessing and I ask your help. Help us convict each soul where they need to be convicted. Only you know that, God. Use your word to convince us of your truth and to motivate us to be more like Jesus, to lift him up, to love him more. Thank you for your love. Lord, I lift up Israel right now. Lord, it's my desire that the gospel would go forth and that I, I've seen thousands of people gathered at the Western Wall and other places in synagogues singing and praying. Lord, I just want them to know Jesus, their Messiah. Please break forth with the gospel, Lord. I pray for their protection and I pray even for Hamas and others who are responsible. Lord, I pray that the gospel would pierce their stone heart so they would not uh, uh, commit such atrocities. Lord, help us to be busy about getting the good news out, the life-changing gospel of our risen Savior, Jesus. Help us tonight be glorified. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we're looking at the new garment of the elect. If you were here last week when we looked at three, uh, chapter 3, verses 5 through 11, Paul helped us to understand how, why, and what we should put off, right? We went through that list of, of sins that our flesh tends to run to. And as a born-again Christian, born from above, you have a new part of you, Christian, a spirit that doth not commit sin, according to 1 John. And we need to walk in the Spirit as we are led by the Holy Spirit and not in the flesh. So walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Put it off. Put it off. Put it off. Put it off like a beekeeper with a bee in his suit, right? Uh, you remember the illustration I gave you of, of Pops, Dad Elwood, my dad, as we call him, Pops. Uh, first time in a bee suit and must have put it on wrong because... Be got inside. I was just amazed how coolly and calmly he walked over and he just took it off 
and God got it out and put it back on. Um, let me tell you about another story. Dad Burt, I hope you're listening. Uh, in contrast to that, uh, John Burt and I <laughs> uh, got involved in beekeeping and we caught a swarm and brought it into the pole barn one night and uh, a bee got in his suit. <laughs> Have you ever seen John Burt dance? It was a regular hoedown in the pole barn, man. I'm telling you, he was jumping, oh bugger, oh bugger, hitting the bee. I mean, it was hilarious. <laughs> he was in so much pain, but I was doubled over in, in just laughing hysterically. Um, but that's the idea, right? Get it off. I mean, he was ripping everything off he could as fast as he could to put it off because what was in that suit was going to harm him. And Christian, you've, you've got to have a healthy fear of the flesh. And I don't mean afraid, right? But I mean a, a realization that there's danger out there, circumspect. And every day, put it off like a cancer. Get it off of you because of the harm that it can do. Now, if, if we were to put the suit off, right? It would be foolish, would it not, to not put it back on once we've renewed it. So we remove it, renew it, get the bee out of that suit, and then redawn, right? Because there's more work to do. There's a harvest to, to, uh, to enjoy, but you can't do that unless you redawn that suit, get in there, and harvest that honey. So put it off, Christian. Renew yourselves in Jesus Christ and read on the new man every day and go on in service for the Lord. So we looked at what we're supposed to put off and tonight we're going to look at what we should put on. The problem that we often have as Christians is that we're still learning to get ourselves dressed, right? We're still learning to get ourselves dressed. Often the mistake that a new beekeeper makes is that he doesn't quite put the suit on correctly. Right? There's a zipper that goes in and then a zipper that goes over that one and then a piece of Velcro and you got to get that tight and you got to get your gloves just so. Because if you leave an opening, I'm telling you, they're going to get in and it's, it's going to be, again, a hoedown in the pole, pole barn. It's just, it's not going to be fun. And sometimes as Christians, we either forget to put Christ back on or we're still maturing, we're still growing and we're still learning how to put him on more perfectly. Right? As we grow in, uh, in Christ, in our Christian life, we learn how to put these things on with wisdom and with skill. You know, we have best intentions and we want to be kind and we say the wrong thing and oh no, you know. But as we grow in Christ, we're more sensitive to the Spirit, we grow in these things and, and we mature. Um, just quick illustration about removing, renewing, and redawning. See this thing around my neck, Right? There was a time when I had no idea how to tie it, right? And I've got a short torso, I'm a short guy, and they don't necessarily make ties for short people, right? So I put this on, and it's too long this way, you know what I mean? It's hanging down here, and then I remove it, renew it, and redawn, and now it's up here, you know? I look like Bozo the Clown. And I got it. After several years of experience, right, I can almost do it blindfolded. And, and, and I just put it to the right length, Right? So it's, it takes practice. Don't be discouraged if you feel like you keep putting on the new man and you just keep falling and you keep falling and you keep falling. Keep it up. Look to Christ for grace and strength and help. Look to other mature Christian believers 
who will help you daily and remind you daily, put that off. No, 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 you're not, no, not, not doing that quite right. Help, let me help shape your skill. Just like Paul did with Timothy and Titus, m- mentored them and, and helped them. Someone had to probably teach you how to tie a tie, right? But now you could probably do it with one arm. I'd like to see that. But you've, you've gotten skill, and hopefully we as Christians are moving on in maturity every day. Remember I talked about last week, we've, we're mastering the flesh. We're learning Christ every day. Our relationship is going deeper and wider and more intimate, and we're learning how to put on Christ daily. You know, there comes a, a time in every child's life uh, when they start to get more independent, you know? You parents know what I'm talking about. No, 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 I want to do it myself. I want to do it myself. Okay, right? Uh, let me show you a quick picture of Parker dressing himself, right? Uh, yes, those are underwear on his head, right? <laughs> uh, he, you know, he's got red shorts on, black pants. I'm surprised his shoes are on the right foot, right? That, that, we went through that for a while. Typically, the shoes are on the wrong. No, let me help you. No, I want to do it myself, right? They, they want to do it for themselves, but what are they? They're maturing. They're growing. They're learning. Christian, don't be discouraged if you feel like, I just can't get this thing down. Keep at it. Keep dressing yourself. Keep looking to Christ. Keep learning from others. We don't always match when we dress ourselves, right? Because sometimes we're, 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 our, leg, our pant leg's up, our shoes are wrong. We don't match. Some of us struggle with this still today, right? Matching. I see you out there, right, guys? Um, well, what do we need? What do we need? We need a model, right? And what I mean by that is we need, uh, pictures are helpful. Pictures, I, I, I've spent some time online, so okay, shirt-tie combo with gray suit, right? Figuring out what colors match. How, I need someone who dresses well a picture so that I can follow that. And as Parker grows and sees daddy get dressed and mommy helps him, he sees models of what right looks like. Christian, I hope that you are a model of what right looks like to the church, to the body, that you're walking with Jesus, that you're, that you're winning souls, that you're subduing the flesh so that those Christians who are looking to you have a picture to copy. Paul told his followers, follow me as I follow Christ. You can't lead unless you're following Jesus Christ. I hope that you and I, if we've been saved for any amount of time, are are paragons of Christian maturity, that we are looking to Jesus daily and seeking to emulate, seeking to copy, removing the old, renewing and redawning, putting on the new man. And then others look, they say, that's what I want to look like. Not that they emulate us for us, but they say, he's walking with Jesus. She loves Jesus Christ, and I'm going to too. Sometimes that little spark sets afire the body, and there's revival. Are you a model of what Jesus Christ is and was so that others can look to you? So the problem is we often struggle with getting ourselves dressed. What is the solution that Paul offers us? Well, The solution is, let's match Jesus Christ. Look at Christ. Look at him daily. Look at him every moment. He is to be preeminent. Put him at the center. Look to Jesus. Remember we talked about last week, recalibrating our sights on Christ. 
Get a laser focus on Jesus Christ. It is so difficult in this world to keep your eyes on Jesus Christ because of the noise and the distractions. And if we're spending most of our time on, on devices, social media, entertainment, how can you keep your eyes on Jesus? Make the conscious decision not to pick up the phone or the remote, but to pick up your Bible first thing and last thing. May it be the last thing on your brain so that when you wake up, that's what you're thinking about. The first thing on your mind before you grab that cup of coffee, or with it at least, right? <laughs> I like my coffee and my Bible. That peace. Before the kids get up and it gets crazy in the house, sit down with your Bible and spend some time with your Savior. Get your eyes on Jesus so that when those kids are running around and climbing the walls, you've put on Christ and you don't react in the flesh. They need to see Jesus in you. They need to see a believer who's the model who's following Jesus. So they know how to get dressed. Put on Jesus Christ. So the solution is let's match Jesus Christ. Jesus modeled the proper attire of holiness. He knew no sin, but he became sin for us. And we are to be followers of Jesus Christ. We are to follow his fashion. Remember last week, I kind of did that play on words. Um, we are made in his image. We are meant to be Christians, Christ-like. We are to be ambassadors to the world of Jesus. If I'm an ambassador to another nation and I act the fool, they're going to assume that this is what America is all about. And I need to be on my best behavior, minding my P's and Q's, because I represent someone bigger than myself, Christian you represent Jesus Christ. So look to him, match him, match his attire, his behavior, his, his thoughts, his passions. Put those things on so that when the world looks at us, they can't see Jesus, but they can see you and me. And what representation of Christ are we to the world? It's not a wonder sometimes. It's, I just talked to a guy today. I just talked to a guy today. He called me and he said, um, my mother-in-law is on her deathbed and I went to the Catholic church and I was sickened and turned off by the way we were treated and, and I'm done with organized religion and he was reaching out for some type of help. And it's not a wonder that people look at the church and say, I'm done with it. I'm done with Jesus. Look how they act. Look how they bicker and they fight and they, they backstab and they're hypocrites. Look to Jesus Christ. He was the paragon of holiness. He is our master, our savior, the one we should follow, our good shepherd. He leads us. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Don't get distracted. And now you're in the thickets. Game for the wolves. Keep your eyes on Jesus Christ, the shepherd. He will lead you. He will show you what and how to put on. The Bible says in verse 12, put on therefore as what? The elect of God, right? We are to follow Jesus Christ's fashion. We are elect of God. What does that mean? Now, I'm not going to get into a complete dissertation on Calvinism, etc. I think Pastor did a good job on that, um, and we can continue that discussion. But I believe that when the Bible talks about being elect, we are chosen as believers in Jesus Christ to glorify Him. That's what I believe that we are chosen to. We're, we are, as believers, He's chosen that we will be with him for eternity, etc. But here on this earth, 
you are chosen to glorify him. You are, you are special and unique and set apart, chosen to himself to glorify him. And if we are mix-matched, and, and it looks like crazy hair day every day for the Christian, and the world looks and says, these people are nuts, man. They say they follow this book, but they don't read it. They don't live it. Uh, you know, it, they're, they're all mix-matched. No, let's match Jesus Christ. Let's glorify him. You are chosen for that purpose. And if we don't do it, who's going to? Right now, I, I saw the videos of, of hundreds of people being killed and hostages and Jews everywhere gathering and singing. And it breaks my heart because if they don't know Jesus as their Savior, their destiny for eternity is not heaven. There is none other name given among men whereby must we must be saved. And that's the name of Jesus Christ. And we've got to represent him to this world. If we are the typical American, just totally, totally, completely consumed with ourselves and our retirement and how much we can amass to ourselves, what do we have to offer to the world? We're no different. Look to Jesus. You are chosen to glorify him. You are elect for this purpose. And you will find no satisfaction in any other purpose than the purpose of lifting up Jesus Christ. You are holy, he says. Elect of God and holy. This means, this uh, gives us the word saint. Do you know I'm a saint? Yep, I got sainthood. Ask me how many miracles I've done. <laughs> Zero. I'm not a saint because of the miracles I've done and this, that, and the other. I'm a saint because Jesus died on the cross for my sins was buried and rose again and offered me the gift of, his, of salvation and eternal life. And I looked at my sin and said, man, I'm a mess and there's nothing I can do about it. I'm destined for hell. That's my just punishment. And God gave his son to die for me, was buried and rose again, victorious over death, sin, and hell. And he said, I want to save you, CJ. And I said, you do? I need that. Lord, will you? And he said, yes. When I placed my faith in him to do that, he saved me and made me a saint. And in the eyes of God the Father, I stand holy, a saint, declared to be righteous. I am justified in his sight. Not because of my own works, but because of the work, the finished work of Jesus Christ. You are holy, Christian, so live up to that name. You are holy, so live up to it. We should despise sin and lust and the world and the filth that it offers. Put it off and put on Jesus Christ because that's who you are. You are holy. And then again, he says we are beloved. This is the why, folks, of putting off, removing, renewing, and redawning. This is the why. Because we're chosen for this purpose. Because you are holy. And that's what you're supposed to do. That's your nature in Christ. And because you are loved by Almighty God so very much. Love beyond your wildest imaginations. I heard one preacher say, he's giddy over you. He just, when my son or my daughter come to me and just snuggle up next to me on the couch, oh, my heart's about to explode. God loves you that way and more. Do you need any other reason to put off and put on than that? That he loves you? And let's represent Jesus Christ to the world. Let's 
copy his fashion. Let's match Jesus and love the world the way he loved us. We are to follow Christ's fashion, verse 12. Look at verses 12 and 13. He says, Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do you. This is the fabric of our new outfit. This is what we're supposed to be putting on. We saw the why in verse 12. Now we're seeing the what, the fabric of our new outfit in verses 12 and 13. These are the things, the what, that we should be putting on. Let's look at them. He says the bowels of mercies, right? You could translate this, the heart of compassion. Literally, bowels is the idea of spleen, right? I love it. Forget the hearts at Valentine's. I want to see pictures on cards of spleens, right? Baby, I love you with all my spleen, right? I just had an anniversary, you know? Uh, Wouldn't that be sweet? I love you with my bowels. What? It's It's that feeling, you know, when you first saw her. Oh, you know, just that what i love her you know that that feeling in your gut your knees are shaking because you have such compassion when you put on jesus christ and you look at others you should have the same heart of compassion you're moved you you forget that you're hungry you forget that you're tired you're just moved i remember watching a video of a little boy and a little girl, and I, I assume someone in their family had just been murdered by Hamas. And this little boy and this little girl are sobbing, asking, is there any chance she can come back? And I, I, like, had, to, I had to stop watching it because I just started to well up, right? And the, com- the heart of compassion for these people and thinking that not only are they suffering in this life, but without Jesus, they'll suffer for all of eternity. Ugh, I want to see them know Christ. We ought to have bowels of mercies, hearts of compassion for the lost that move us to tears and move us to to work to get the gospel out for these millions and billions of souls. When Jesus looked at the crowd, it says he was moved with compassion on them. He wasn't thinking about food. He wasn't thinking about his bed. He was thinking about the eternity of these souls that God made and for whom he would go to the cross. This is what we should put on. How do we develop that? You look to Jesus Christ. You study him. You know him. You fellowship with him. He goes on and he says, kindness. This is the action of our compassion. We shouldn't just look on and say, man, I really feel for those people. Well, back to the game. What are we doing about it? Are we giving of our resources? Are we on our knees praying? Are we handing out tracts? Are we opening our mouth? Are we loving people? Are we feeding the hungry? Are we clothing you know, you know the, the homeless, etc. What are we doing? The church has historically been known for starting hospitals and feeding the poor and the needy. Um, this is what we should be doing, right? Genuine religion, reaching those in prison and the widows, etc. Kindness is action of compassion. It bubbles over from our compassion. What about humbleness of mind? This is this is the fabric of our new outfit. This is what we put on, Christian. Humbleness of mind is others-oriented. It's thinking outwardly, right? 
Um, if you read uh, Ben Franklin's autobiography, there are certain virtues that he would work on. And he had a checklist, right? And he would, he would work through these virtues, integrity and kindness, all these different things. I couldn't name them. But humility was the one he couldn't master. Because at the moment he became humble, he would be proud of his humility, right? Number one, I think he was trying to do it in the flesh without Christ. Number two, he was focused on the wrong thing. It was, it's not about thinking about your own humility and trying to walk around humble. It's forgetting yourself. And it's thinking about others and their needs. We, we, we spend so much effort on, okay, be lowly, be humble, be, be down. If you lift somebody else up, you go down. Look to others, lift others up, encourage others, think of others' needs, right? Don't think on the things of ourselves, but think on the things of others. And that is the key to humility. Look to Jesus Christ. Have his bowels of mercy, his compassion for others. And out of that, let kindness issue. Acts of kindness. And as I'm telling you, if you are struggling with this, just get involved. Like, don't wait until, well, when I get there emotionally, then I'll go act. No. Obey the Lord and your heart will follow. And when you're rubbing elbows with those who have need and getting your hands dirty and feeding and helping, you develop a heart for these people. You see the need and your heart is moved. That's Christ was out there with those people. He didn't sit in his ivory tower waiting for some, you know, emotion to take over. He, he was with them. And so get your hands dirty and you'll develop this uh, compassion. And you can't help but humble yourself. When you see the needs of others, it's humbling. And, and it's exciting to meet those needs. Put others up and you'll automatically put yourself down. How about meekness? He talks about um, meekness. Well, I, the, what I wrote here was a nuclear bomb versus nuclear power, right? Meekness is not weakness, right? It is power under control. Some have used the illustration of a stallion. Great power. But when you can master that horse, it's very useful. Well, nuclear power is either very destructive or very useful. And when we can take the strengths that God has given to us and dedicate them to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm sold out for Jesus. I'm submitted. I'm surrendered. I'm all in, Jesus. It's all about you. Christ is at the center. He can then take your strengths and use that very effectively. And when you are humble in your mind, you're not thinking of yourselves. You have the mind of Christ. You're thinking of others. You roll up your sleeves when there's a need here at church and you get involved. You don't wait for others to come serve you. No, you're humble. And God uses that strength to get in there and serve. And he uses that for good. Otherwise, we sit and we, we stew and we uh, think of only of ourselves and then we become frustrated that we're not being served the way we should. And then we lash out in anger and there's destruction like a nuclear bomb. And there's church splits. There's a lot of power and energy there. Are you meek and humble and letting the Lord use that strength for his good and service? Or are you using your strength, your skills, 
to serve yourself and doing great damage. So let us put on meekness. How about long-suffering? Uh, where is that here? In verse 14, uh, thir- 12, meekness, long-suffering. This is endurance or perseverance, right? Um, there's three letters that every distance runner never wants to see or hear. DNF. Does anybody know what DNF means? Did not finish. Can you imagine running 25.9999 miles and then falling out? <laughs> Did not finish. You just needed a little bit more long suffering, a little bit more perseverance, a little bit more endurance. Christian, Look to Jesus Christ and his suffering on the cross, what he did for you. He said that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And when we delight ourselves in the Lord, what does he do? He gives us the desires of our heart. Does that mean he gives us every fleshly lust that we want? No, because we're delighting in the Lord. That's a prerequisite. And when I'm so in love with Jesus Christ and Christ is at the center, this Remaining under, patience, long-suffering, it's easy because he's giving it to me. And I know it pleases him and I know it serves him. And that excites me. There are things that you do that are painful, but you enjoy. I know that that's true. Um, Some of you are stringed instrument players. And that hurts your fingers, doesn't it? But you love it. And so you're a glutton for punishment. You know, you just do the thing. I've been stung I don't know how many times. I don't like getting stung. But it's like, I love it, so I keep doing it. And there are things that we, we put up with and we suffer long and we continue because we know there's a prize, there's a sweet reward. And when we are in love with Jesus and we think of the souls that will be with us for eternity and us singing together the glory of God for all of eternity and Him glorified in the church, we can suffer a little bit longer. It's all right. This isn't too heavy. This isn't so bad. So let's long suffer. I used to go fishing as a kid with my dad and my uncle. And being out there on the boat, the sun is hot, right? Your sandwich gets all soggy in the cooler. You know, the pop is warm. But I love every minute of it. And I can long suffer because it's just, it's great. I'm catching fish, you know. I'm cutting my finger on the, on the hook. Oh, this is salt water. Yeah, this is great, you know. I just, it, it, it doesn't really bother me. Christian, when your heart is right and you're walking with Jesus, you find the endurance to continue because the reward that you imagine, the joy that is set before you keeps you going. And the joy of the Lord is our strength. Put on long suffering. And then he goes on in verse 13, forbearing one another. This highs the idea of putting up with. <laughs> you ever put up with another believer, right? Uh, it has the idea of to tolerate. Now, it doesn't mean, well, it just... The, the, the world's idea of tolerate is support every sin and wickedness that they do. Now, that's not what that means. What it means is, I know that some Christians are still learning to dress themselves. And there will be um, frustrations, and there will be um, bumps and bruises, but I'm going to forbear. I'm going to tolerate, because I love them, because I have bowels of mercy for them. I have a heart of compassion. I have the heart of Christ. Have I ever told you about the Alaskan porcupine? Did I mention that before? No? All right. Uh, my marriage class knows all about the Alaskan porcupine. They live up in Alaska, and guess what? It gets cold up there, right? 
And so to stay warm, what do they do? They huddle up next to each other. Well, you ever huddle up next to an Alaska, a porcupine? It hurts, right? Now they have a choice. They can get all frustrated and how dare you poke me? Who poked who first? I don't care. Da, 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 and part ways and freeze to death. Or they can say, you know what? Let's forbear. Let's, let's put up with each other. And let's stay warm and get the job done. Christian, some of you are bristlier than others, okay? It's just the way it is. Because we're still learning to put off and put on. And it's a daily thing. And until we get to heaven, we're still going to live in this flesh. We're going to be bumps and bruises. There's going to be disagreements. We're going to rub each other wrong. We're going to poke each other. But don't focus on who poked who first. Just think of what do we need to do as a body to lift up Jesus, to, to, to warm each other, to protect each other. We're a family. That's what families do. So forbear. And then he says, forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, you will have quarrels. You will. You just will. If you, if you are involved in a church the way you should be, right, Pastor? If you're involved in the way you should be, there will be quarrels. If you've never quarreled with anybody here, you might reconsider your involvement. Because when you're, when you're just working and, and deciding and doing, you know, people forget things and people step on toes and there's little quarrels that happen. Be quick to forgive. Be, why? Why? Because Christ forgave you. This is the fabric of our new outfit. Remember the forgiveness of Christ and be quick to forgive. All right, so we've looked at um, the, the why. Why should, we for, why should we put on these things? Because we're elect, we're chosen to do it. Because we are holy, that's who you are. So do it, live up to that. And because you're beloved, God loves you. And the what, we've seen the things that we should be putting on. Now let's look at the how. How do we do this? How do we put it on, right? I know I should put the pants on and the underwear, but the underwear go here or they go on last. What, what do we do, right? We, we need to develop skill at putting these things on. So how do we do it? Well, number one, continue to look at Jesus Christ. But Paul gives us a list here. That this is the stuff that holds it together. Verses 14 to 16. He says this, And above all these things, put on charity. Now again, this is something we put on. But he calls charity or love the bond of perfectness. I love this. Perfectness means maturity, wholeness. And that's what we should be doing as a body, growing to perfection, right? Isn't that what the scriptures tell us in Colossians and Ephesians? That we as the body should be going on in perfection as a body, lifting up Jesus Christ. And we're helping each other, right? And love, love for Jesus and for one another is are the tendons, the ligaments that hold it all together, the, 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 the hemline. You ever get a t-shirt that you really love and then the hem busts a seam and you walk by something and it snags and it's you're like, no! Once the hemline's gone, I don't know how to do the sew thing. Some of you ladies do maybe, but I, once the hemline's busted, it's like, great. The whole shirt just starts to unravel. You know what I mean? It's terrible. I hate that. Um, it's, it's the glue that holds it together. I have an illustration I think will help us. When we are glued together with the love of Jesus Christ for each other and we're forgiving and forbearing, um, it, it made me think of when you glue wood together, right? And if you know anything about gluing wood together with wood glue, the bond is what? It's actually stronger than the material you're, you're bonding. What happens if you try to pull that apart? 
you it destroys the wood, right? I put some super glue. I hope this works. Please help this work. <laughs> Charity, love for one another is strong. And if we're loving with the love of Jesus Christ, right? If, if one of us tries to pull away, ooh, I just, I just ripped the other side. Well, let me try. Let me try just to break the glue. Oh, ooh. Reminds me of that sticker at the store. You get home and you're trying to peel it off. To get off, you know. Look what's happening. Ooh, ooh. Love is such a strong bond. And we'll go through thick and thin. But when one person begins to get in the flesh and forget to put on Christ and they pull away, I'm still bound to that person. And there's bound to be damage. Christian, what I'm saying is you've got to watch yourself because if you don't walk with Christ every day and you start to pull away from your family, the body of Christ, it's going to tear our hearts out. I think of the dating system we have in the United States of America. It's very unhealthy. What do we do? We emotionally and physically knit together. And our hearts are, are as though they're sewn together. All these emotions. And then three weeks later, it's... Right? And maybe there's some love there. But there's a knitting and a gluing together. And there's damage. And oh, it hurts. And then we, we heal. And then there's scars. And then, oh, well, the next person. Knit together. And then later, we rip apart. Right? And there's all this scarring and hardness and callousness. By the time that, that those people get to a marriage, it's like, I've been here, done that, I'm hardened. If it doesn't work out, we can end this. I'll heal. That's not what it's meant to be. What God puts together, let not man put asunder. And that's his intent for the church. The church is supposed to be sewn it together. There ought not be anything that comes between us, that, that rips us apart because we're to forbear and to forgive even as Christ forgave you. Is there anything that Jesus did not forgive you of? Well, then there's nothing that I can't forgive a brother or sister of. I can't do that in the flesh. And if I'm walking in the flesh, I won't get it done. I'll walk away and rip. But if I'm walking in the spirit, I can forgive. There can be healing. It may be hard but my eyes are on Jesus. I'm matching Jesus' attire. I'm putting on kindness and compassion and love, all these things. And those are the marks of a healthy church. This is the stuff that holds it together. And if we're to see unity in the church, we need to put on charity. This is how we put on these things, with love. And then he goes on and he says, let the peace of God rule or reign in your heart. Right now it's October, and I'm sorry I'm going over. I'll try to be, maybe I can pick this up on another night, just because I've got a lot more. I'll end with peace then, and I'll pick it up next week, or in a couple weeks. Right now it's October, and uh, it's playoff baseball, right? And there's a man standing behind the plate, calling balls and strikes, etc. He's an umpire, right? He calls the game, and what he says goes, unless they replay, and yeah, 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 I get it, I get it. But this is the idea. Let the peace of God call the shots in your heart. Let him umpire in your heart. What do I mean? When you're walking with Jesus, right? Whatsoever of faith is not of faith is sin. 
And if I'm, nope, you know what? I'm not going to do that because I'm not sure about it. I want peace. I don't want to offend my conscience. I want to lay my head down at night with a clear conscience, glorifying the Lord with joy. And go, it goes on. There's confidence and, and there's singing. You see a guy walking around whistling and singing. He's just confident, right? He's not afraid of anything. There's peace in his heart. And it's umpiring his decisions. He's saying, I don't want to upset the peace of God that is in my heart. All is well. All is calm. I'm right with my God. And if I run off into the lust of the flesh, I upset the peace. No, I'm going to let peace umpire my decision. I'm going to keep the peace of God and the fellowship with God, right? So I'm going to walk in the Spirit. And I'm not going to do anything to disrupt the peace and, and the, um, the, the mutual enjoyment of our relationship between me and God. Let it rule in your heart. Put this on. This is how I put these things on. Being led and guided every step, every, everything you put on, every arm you put in the sleeve, every leg you put on, every buckle, right? You're doing it in a way where the peace of God is, is guiding you. And when I meet, what, I, what I mean by that is that you know you are walking lockstep with Jesus and there's peace. There's nothing disturbing your conscience. There's nothing you're worried about because you know you're in obedience to the Savior. You're putting on Christ. He's guiding you. Christian, let's put off the old. Just like that beast keeper suit, get it off quickly. Renew, right? Get the bee out. Renew your mind in Christ. Look at him in the scriptures and put on. And let the peace of God reign in your heart. We'll come back. I think in two weeks, because we have a missionary speaker. Oh, there's so much here I want to get to. But uh, let's end there. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the message that you've laid on my heart and this material that you've given to me. Lord, I pray it would have been a help to your church. Lord, I'm excited that there's more here. Lord, help us to put on every day. Lord, we walk through this world, we get dirty. Our flesh rears its ugly head. Lord, for the sake of charity amongst ourselves, help us to walk at peace with you in obedience to you, forgiving, forbearing, with bowels of compassion, long-suffering. Lord, I pray that we would be busy about sharing the gospel so that others might know the peace of God as well. We love you, Lord, and thank you. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.